Jumper blocked. Nice job defensively by Eli. Up court to Jaden. Gibson fires across court back to Eli. Goes up strong for two, and he got the layup to go. Well done on both ends of the court by Eli. Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tiger Livestream Network Podcast. We're on podcast number nine. Happy Father's Day to everyone listening. We got a good episode this week. Uh, we got a special guest that's technically, I mean, he's a special guest, but he's been here the whole time. My dad, Dan Walker, since it's Father's Day, we're going to have a little bit of an interview there. We're going to talk about the games that happened last week, and we're going to talk about the games that are happening this week. There's a whole lot more to come on the Tiger Livestream Network podcast number nine, but first let's hear a word from our sponsor, Polly Ice Pizza. Hey there, I'm Joey Polyi, third generation owner of Polyi's and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyi'sgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyi's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. All right, thank you once again to Polly Ice Pizza for being the sponsor. One of the main sponsors of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network, whether it be broadcasting or our podcast, we really appreciate what they do. All right, let's hop into what happened last week uh, in baseball and softball, because that's all that's going on right now at the high school. On June 10th, the boys' baseball team lost to Pella Christian in both in a doubleheader in both games, 3-2 to two and 8-4. to four. Rough hitting for the Tigers. They just couldn't get anything going. As I keep talking, you'll notice that it was a pretty rough week for Grinnell baseball in general, but that didn't stop them from coming back on the 11th uh, of June against Sheraton. They got the win 13-1 to in five innings. We broadcasted that game. That was a really good game, and Grinnell was able to come out on top. On the 12th, again, a lot of games in a week. That's obviously probably going to put a hard damp on the team, but... They lost to Indianola 1-2. Indianola is a pretty good baseball team. We're starting to see that despite the rough starts, the little Hawkeye Conference is starting to get a little bit better. And then on the 14th, on Friday night, Norwalk uh, was the competitor. They went to Norwalk. Jaden Gibson threw a shutout in game one of the doubleheader. They won 1-0. But they could not come back and cl- uh, cap off the nightcap, and they lost Norwalk 3-1. to So overall, rough week. Uh, only three. Uh, two wins in a span of six games. Yeah, six games. So not the greatest record Grinnell wanted, but something. But, you know, when we talked to Tony in our first interview, we asked about how do you play that many games. And he said it's it's all about just being positive with the team. You, you know, when you, you are going to have some losses, and you just have to get with them right after the fact and say how can you rebuild. Much like that, the first game that we did, you know, they were coming back off of a, a loss. You could say a bad loss. That was their first loss. And then the turnaround and, and play the way that they do. So, I mean, it's it's been exciting to watch them. And actually, you know, the, the play-by-play uh, following up with them. Uh, Jaden Gibson, between Jaden and Jake, they have good nights. And, you know, it's, I think, for the next side of it is throwing in that third pitcher, uh, when Owen and Drew step into it and then even go into a fifth pitcher, all these guys are just going to have to have that time in place and, and get used to 
carrying out the ball games, and you know that's the the big key. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, a couple of the times they just kind of get they're hitting on play, you know, and if you can't hit the ball, it's tough to bring people in and taking advantage of having bases loaded and not capitalize on it. You know, with the game that last game that we broadcasted, you know, three two different times, bases loaded, and they just could not capitalize getting that through. So I, I think Coach Stenberg is, is working tough with them. Uh, I guess both of the Stenbergs and Coach Willis, they're, they're working diligently trying to get that those solved and, and just get, you know, their roster, it seems huge, but when it comes to the key people in certain spots, you got to have that rotation correct. So, again, hats off to them. They'll continue to work on it. We'll look forward to tomorrow night when we do the live stream out there on the football field. Or, excuse me, Fowler Field Fowler the baseball field. diamonds. Behind the football field. That's right. Going on to softball, they had six games and they also went two and six in those or two losses or two wins and four losses in a span of six games. On the tenth, June tenth in the doubleheader against Pella Christian, they won the first game six to two, but then lost uh or six to three, then lost six to two against Pella Christian, so they, they went one and one in that doubleheader. On the eleventh, they took on a pretty good Oscaloosa team and were able to defeat them three to two. On the 12th, they took on one of the best teams in the state, Indianola, and lost 0-5. Uh, to five. And then on the 14th, they took on Norwalk in a doubleheader Friday night at Norwalk and lost 1-4 to four and 3-9. to nine. But still a lot of promise for this team. They're already looking better than last year, and I think they, uh, you know, a rough week like that. They have three home games or three nights this week where they're at home, so expect to see more wins coming out of that. Well, and, and some of the goals, they're – you know, beating was is it Oskaloosa the first time since 2010? Well, it was Newton, Newton back two weeks ago. Newton yeah. two weeks ago, and you know some of these wins that uh, Coach Doty and Coach York Plague uh, York are they're achieving, they're good for the team, and you know giving confidence to that young team. As we've talked about many times, that that is a freshman and sophomore oriented team with a couple juniors and uh, a senior sprinkled in there. So anytime you could give them a confidence and get a big win off of a little Hawkeye conference, which we knew right up front that the Hawkeye conference is a tough team to compete against. So I think that all in all is going to be the, the push for that team to continue to make them better and better. And, you know, we had in and out, the, they had a good week of weather. Last week, this upcoming week, the weather kind of looks iffy. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. And for that girls' team, uh, I, our first broadcast for the girls' team is – is that Friday night or is that uh, – Yeah. Or mon I, Monday I or Friday so. night, one of those nights uh, coming up. So for those people listening, wanting to finally get to see that softball team on the live stream, we will uh, – we're going to get you on there and we're going to – do it. I know Monday, two Monday, Wednesday night are both boys. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a, a single game, seven thirty against Pella, and then the doubleheader against on Wednesday night. So those are the baseball teams coming up. Alrighty, so that's what's going on that past week. All the scores and stuff. We're gonna take a quick break, get a quick word from our sponsor, and then we'll be back with the Father's Day edition interview with my dad. So let's take a listen to what Paul guys has to say. Hey there, I'm Joey Pauli, third generation owner of Pauli Eyes and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, 
Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polly Eyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. Special guest. Alright, welcome back. Thank you, Joey Polly Eye and Polly Eyes Pizza for sponsoring this podcast and the Tiger Sports Livestream Network broadcasting team. Let's go on to these questions that we have prepared for Dad. Uh, Dan Walker is who he is. Uh, I guess we'll start with the first question. Dad, where'd you grow up uh, and go to high school at? Obviously, some people have probably heard it. Talk a little bit about the sports that you did, uh, your family, and you have two other brothers. So, I mean, what? tell us a little bit about where you came from. Growing up, you know, kind of... And this is, I think I could speak on the side of anyone who moves to Grinnell that was from the surrounding areas. You know, I grew up at South Tama. Toledo, Iowa is where I call my hometown. So I grew up as a, a fierce competitor of the Grinnell Tigers. You know, every time that we said that Grinnell was on the schedule. So it was always grit your teeth and uh, pull your pants up, tie your drawstring nice and tight because it's going to be a good battle. Uh, but in that South Tama school district, you know, growing up with, you know, we had a fair amount of good athletes. And as I spoke earlier, the uh, South Tama School District in the early 70s, I mean, that's kind of when I was born, but was built into a conference that they called the CIC, the Central Iowa Conference, that we competed against teams like Urbandale, Ankeny, uh, Indianola, Southeast Polk, and Saydell was also in that group. Those teams were all teams that were growing and, and uh, throw Newton in with that also and South Tama was kind of a town that was built up a uh, seven little schools all the way around it besides Tama and Toledo that made a good selection of athletes and, and those student athletes competed very well I think you know go back to the studies of when Steve Kriegel there's a name to throw out for Grinnell Grinnellians when he played in high school uh, you know, a lot of those sports teams went undefeated or one loss and just pretty much destroyed these other teams that they are playing in the Central Iowa Conference. And back in the early 70s, before they even had playoffs, it was just if you won your conference, you were stuck in your conference as a conference winner, and they said you were the best of the state. So, you know, it, it had deep traditions of playing football. Uh, myself, I come from a family of – I have two other brothers, two older brothers – uh, Eric and Mark, they both, uh, Eric was the first one that played football. He went out, he didn't play during high school. He played basketball when he was a junior. He went out for the first time, and it kind of set the stage for my next older brother, Mark. And we both slowly decided that football was going to be the game of the family. Uh, that was always really high on our horses. Uh, I played basketball. Uh, also, my brother Mark played basketball. I really liked basketball because I liked it to the fact of, you know, it was five competitors on the court and us five competitors could go out and be successful, switch out with different people and uh, still had a competitive ball game all through the younger grades, seventh, eighth grade. It was all about learning. Uh, that's why I could sit there. And when I coach younger kids, as we go into the, the the like the church programs and stuff that I've helped out with I, I never downgrade someone that's on a, a D team or a C team because myself when I was in seventh grade I was on the D team 
And slowly as I matured, I, I didn't stumble over my feet. I had a little coordination, jump rope, do multiple things that by the time that I was a sophomore, I uh, worked my way up to the sixth man on the bench. And eventually I even got to start a few games uh, just because of arbitration of moving our big center up. So by the time I was a sophomore, I got to play, have quite a bit of playing time. And I really enjoyed the, the sport of basketball. Uh, I, I broke three bones in my foot my sophomore year with about four games left. And for those who ever played basketball at South Tama back in the 80s, we used to have a rubber cushion floor. And uh, it was difficult to run on even after my foot healed up. But yet for the backside of it, of playing football, I never had any issues with running at all with my foot on that. So to go a little bit further, what my true love was, it was football. Mm-hmm. Uh, from having older brothers that played, uh, they pushed me hard. They got me in the weight room early. And they said, if you want to be successful, you have to do this. And you have to do this. And you know, I have one brother, Mark, that he played at UNI for three years. And he was probably my biggest pusher. You know, he, he would tell me that you're not going to be able to sit around without lifting weights. You're not going to be able to be that next player unless you go out and run 40 wind sprints a week and run laps around the track. So for me, that was the biggest pusher. Uh, I, I was fortunate my junior year, uh, I got to play quite a bit of varsity football. I played defensive tackle. Offense, I was just kind of a, a multi-purpose person. I always had in the back of my head, if you want to be a good football player and be able to play, that you learn every position that's out there. And that's that's kind of the way that I took the game on uh, to be successful is if a coach said, can you play that? You memorize the playbook of all positions on that offensive line, and you're good at it. And, and no matter what happens, my ultimate goal was I wanted to play defense only. So I, I played a lot of uh, defensive tackle, and uh, I did I did well. Uh, my junior year I had some some looks at from some colleges, enough that, you know, they sent some letters. It all depends on how much your coach has influence on how you're going to be out there playing the ball game. And uh, I had coaches that sent stuff off. Uh, I was – I had inquiries from the University of Iowa, uh, a couple other smaller Division II college, and then I, you know, quite a few uh, smaller Division III colleges, uh, such as Grinnell and Loris College, uh, Luther College. But you know, in my mind, when when you get looked at by a Division I college, such as Iowa, and you have tons of letters and and contacts from them, that's what your main goal is. Right. That that's where you want to play. Right. And, uh, you know, my junior year, I, I had uh, – I was – South Tama always had an annual ball game. We went to the University of Northern Iowa and played a team up there. And uh, my junior year, I was chasing down somebody on a tackle. My knee locked up. It dropped me, kind of rolled me onto the, the rug up there. Uh, back then, it literally was just AstroTurf. You go to Menards and buy, and they rolled it out, and, and that was the cushion you had. Uh, so that was my junior year was the first uh, kind of knee injury. Uh, going into my senior year, I had some spells off and on through the season, but was, was still online that, you know, still had quite a bit of communications with University of Iowa. And then uh, 
towards the end, banged it up a little bit more, and uh, made some visits to the doctor. Everyone knows how those things go. And uh, when that football was all done, I thought, man, we're, we're good to go. We're, we're actually, we're, we're made our commitment. And uh, I, I went snow skiing up in Dubuque, and I, I really kind of just finished it off and I had a couple choices to make. Either is uh, go through to a junior college to see if my knee would hold up and uh, go on and continue to play there or just make the decision and, and bite it on the chin and say, I had a good run at football and we're going to be done with it. And I, I think a lot of that was soul searching. Uh, a lot of conversations with my older brother, Mark, that was playing at UNI. He was a, a big guy. I mean, he, he weighed 325, 335 pounds and was six foot three. And he was coming home all bruised up and beat up. And here I am at 245 pounds, a senior. And I'm thinking, how in the world am I going to compete? I know they're going to put weight on you, but you're still going to get beat up more. And, and now my option is to go to Mason City, go play at Nyack for two years. Let's see if your knees make it. And then, then we'll think about if, if University of Iowa was a choice for you. So I, I ultimately, you know, I was pretty heartbroken. I, you know, you're, you spend four years of high school, and this is, the, the, I guess, the thing to express to all the high school kids listening is you spend your whole life – to play football to think that's going to take you somewhere. And that was the worst decision I made in my life because I should have been thinking of what happens if I don't play football. Right. So, you know, I was devastated to say, you know, football's over. Now what am I going to do? Right. I, I don't even want to go to college. Hey, heck with it. You know, I, I was ready to just say it's done. I'll, I'll just – Plenty of people work good jobs and, and will go the other direction. Uh, thankfully, my parents, mom and dad said that, you know, you got to go to college. If you're going to, it was always the rule thing. If you're going to get a job someday, you got to go to college. So I went to Marstown Community College instead, uh, went into business, uh, took some classes. Uh, but the big thing, I had a football coach, Jim Plants, that was a defensive coach. And he says, you know, he said, if you're going to Marstown, why don't you take some coaching authorization classes? And he said, you know what, come back and coach with me. He said, I'm going to go, I'm the varsity assistant. I'm going to drop down the sophomores and I'll be the head coach. Uh, I'll come and I'll see if they hire you as a coach. So I did it. I, my, I went to uh, Marstown Community College. I took those classes going into the fall, so I missed one whole football season. I came back. The following summer, applied for assistant job, and I coached for four, three, three and a, three or four years as a sophomore assistant coach, and uh, it was probably the best thing I ever did because that's where I learned that I wanted to be a teacher at the same time express how I can actually play the game because I was one of those guys that always thought about textbooks. But the textbooks that I wanted to teach people about were not what was in school, but was how to properly tackle, how to properly block somebody. If you're going to be the center, how are we going to get off the ball quickly? 
So those are all things where I, I fell right in my wheelhouse, and I loved every bit of it, uh, getting a coach. If it wasn't for the broken knee, would you be sitting right here where you are today? Probably not. Yeah. My, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that my life, as I told you, it was all about football. And everything, you know, everything happens for a reason. Right. And, you know, if I was going to change one more thing in my life, instead of going to college for a year and say, heck with it, I'd go find something else to do. You know, that would be the the one thing I would change. Go finish and get at least that associate arts degree. Mm, right. You know, I was very fortunate that at South Tama, we had a strong vocational uh, education department, meaning that. When I left South Tama High School, uh, I I was a I knew how to be an electrician. I knew I was a certified welder. I knew everything about woodworking skills, uh, plus education-wise, of what else you do in life. You know, I did all I did some automotive classes. I learned how to paint a car. I did paint a car, and then I even was pretty pretty good about I took physics I took biology I took Mm -hmm. chemistry uh, math and now and the one thing that kind of carried me over was the English classes you know I had a strong uh, English teacher two of them uh, Deb Plants and Mary Fossey Shaw Mm -hmm. you're very familiar with Fossey Shaw Uh, Fossey was a young teacher that came in and did a speech class and I thought I was running out of options. I, I took enough uh, shop classes, as we'd say. I, I even got my picture up on the walls being a shop jock. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I had to start taking more English classes, which I just dreaded. And I took my first speech class with her. And at that time, that's where I kind of figured out my passion of I wanted to teach also because we had to do – the ending speech was something that you're passionate about. And I'm going to say the word, and everyone's going to say it was a big deal, but back then district football was just being talked about. Mm-hmm. In right. my end of the class speech, which had to be a 15-minute speech, was on how district football would be a benefit to the school systems <laughs> and why we could break it down into districts that people didn't have to travel to Des Moines why it's important to size schools equally and group them together and have a succession that we're going to play two off games, but then we're going to play five to six district games and have it a playoff system that's built around that instead of wins and losses of conferences, a powerhouse conference. And they're still talking about that. And you know, it's 2019 and we're yeah, still talking about so that. So that would, that would have been in 1988 right. that I give that speech. Yeah. And it, it's to me, it just sticks in my head as like, man, that's like a revolutionary speech. Right. And, you know, for all of those coaches, a lot of those coaches are kind of retiring out. But, you know, for the people that coached back in the early 90s, so 90 all the way up until 98, that was a part of a conference football besides district, that was revolutionary. I mean, that was that changed the whole world of how you play football. South Tama at the time was competing against 4A class, and when district football came in, they automatically started playing 3A division. And it evens out the playing field. And South Tama went to the state championship runner-up for 
three games, three different seasons, and made it into the top four for two different years. Right. And at that same time, that was actually a benefit for Gurnell of having the runs that they did that go into right. with district football. So a lot of things, you know, when I think back of what my high school was and what things that happened were affect us how we are today, right, let alone right. to think that you and I are going to sit here and talk about right, it. Right, right. So uh, just jumping ahead a little bit so that way we don't go too long. You got a job at Jeldwin here in Grinnell, and that's pretty much what brought you here. Um, besides Jeldwin, what else did you do here? And obviously you met our or my mom. I guess talk a little bit about that, what jobs you had in Grinnell, and then once uh, I guess just kind of talk about Tyler and I when – we were born, I guess. So a couple, you know, set on two things. And I, I met Lori in 1994. Uh, I, I made a decision to go and, and it's kind of funny because you're going to hear it. I went, went and got a job that actually had insurance benefits and would pay bills instead of doing something that was just partial, right. you know. So I had the opportunity, I had a friend, uh, Dale Zorny that worked down here at Gelb Wind. It was Winco Windows on the south side of town. Came down, applied, uh, started out right in 1990, and worked 1994. Uh, your mother was working summer, mm -hmm. summer job. Her dad worked there. So as a college student, I met her. Uh, we actually got engaged. We got married in 1996 after she finished her college. And from there, you know, I always had three big passions that I always felt, you know, were important in my life. Number one was it was always your mom after we met. Uh, number two was my love for the fire service, which, uh, you know, for 30 years, uh, last 30 years, I spent, you know, heart and soul. Uh, unfortunately, you and your brother and your mom have, have been the, the co-factor of knowing every time I'm gone. So, <laughs> you know, how much my love for that. And the last one was, uh, uh, I was a big duck hunter. So I like those, those were my three things that drove me as being happy here in Grinnell. Uh, come along 2000, we decided that after being married for four years, we're going to think about making, having a family and that's, you're born in right. 2000. So, Late 2000, yeah. uh, for two or three more years, I did a little duck hunting, still did all the fire department stuff and, uh, your mom and I made the decision that let's spend more time with our family. So our, our family, as as you started to get a little bit older, I gave the duck hunting up. And then what, what year was that? Would uh, you say well, last your last duck hunting year? It it was uh, it oh five? Yeah, probably. Tyler was born in two thousand three. Probably two thousand. Yeah, four late five. Yeah, because uh, I I blatantly remember you and. My uncle Corey, who lives up in Nevada, he's the assistant football coach for Nevada. I remember you guys coming back home from duck hunting, but it was like it's very vividly, and I didn't know what year that would have been. Yeah, that, probably oh four. Yeah, 05. probably oh four oh five. The biggest thing that made me kind of make that decision, and you know, your mom was a little not. She was not a decide factor. Your mom has always been as whatever you think is right and what to do. But you're five years old, and you start asking questions about sports. Mm -hmm. You know, it, as a parent that played sports, I was 
we bought the basketballs, we had mm, the soft right, or right. footballs, so everything was in your mind, and you decided that you wanted to play basketball. Right. So basketball stuff all kind of came around the fall time, and uh, I just thought that right there was when I need to grow up, put my big boy pants on, and start mm. being dad. Right. Which you know, I know a lot of people say you could be dad and have hobbies, but most people don't understand how much the fire service took of my time. Right. You know, not only was I a firefighter, but I, I taught in the fire service. I traveled at the time that you were born. I was probably teaching 20, 22 weekends a year. Right. Uh, along with, you know, hunting when I could get that in. So all that stuff kind of changed. And it all revolved around the the family atmosphere mm -hmm. what we right. could do it and i'll be honest with you you and your brother when you got into playing sports and young you were all over it right and, yeah and for a dad that played sports i could sit back you probably if you find pictures i was probably smiling ear to ear that you couldn't even see just because i was happy right. that you were you're yeah. loving every bit of it so and you you coached so you coached primetime basketball at the church yep. and then you coached tyler and i in uh football flag football yep. so, so we, we played flag football mm -hmm. and you know i i really thought flag football growing up playing tackle football uh knowing uh the different types of injuries and stuff are out there and what i've witnessed of kids playing tackle football at a young age i i really liked the flag football atmosphere because i think it was important that we taught kids about the fundamentals of playing football before we actually taught them about how to go and hurt somebody the wrong way right and, and that's the difference of why i was always favored to you know the flag football side because it's all about fundamentals there will be a time when you can play tackle football and you learn how to do it correctly and it'd be a bigger benefit to what we have. You know, that's one thing I, I would love to ask the question to Coach Souser when we sit down with him is, in his opinion, is youth tackle football good or is the youth tackle football that we have of 30 and 40 kids per grade hurting our low numbers that we have now right. just because you know they either get hurt or they get burned out and everyone's gonna say that they're well they're gonna get hurt sometime right. and quit but and that that's one thing that i was gonna ask you do you think i mean deep down i love football you love football i know it's dangerous do you think that football is truly very dangerous it it is Free, because of all the studies that we've seen we've seen the concussion protocol get bigger and bigger it's just should kids be playing this dangerous sport at such the young age they are? And even then in high school, it's dangerous. And I just didn't know what your thoughts on. Right. I, I think right now in, in football, it's, it's a very hard line to cross because there are some schools or some teams that are very advanced at weightlifting. They're very advanced at, executing their plays everything they're supposed to be at a very low level and, and that's all commitment from what your football program is that how far you want to start it and how many volunteers and how how you could push it and pursue it to be perfect okay so those are the teams that are successful all the way up and, and they probably do not lose anyone and they probably don't hurt anybody 
But on the flip side of it is, is when you go somewhere and you compete against a team that doesn't have this base, all right, and they're just putting kids out there that are, they're not doing the conditioning correctly, they're not exercising weightlifting skills, and they're not practicing fundamentals correctly until they get to 7th and 8th grade. So they have three or four years that they're playing youth football, and that's where they're getting hurt. So you have youth concussions starting there. And then that same nucleus that did everything right from 4th grade up to 7th grade, now they're playing against the kids that are just starting to condition, just starting to lift weights, just starting to do things correctly. And now they are three or four years ahead of them. So Mm -hmm. it's basically like playing freshmen against seniors. Mm -hmm. And and the competitiveness, the drive in these kids that are doing very well, you know, their initiative is that they want to hear a good click when they hit somebody. They want to see driving through. And the kids that aren't prepared for are the ones that are going to get hurt. Right. Is that the fault of our football system? No, because – what I see Coach Souser's doing with the youth football program, we're trying to fix that and build that up and, and hopefully eliminate those injuries. But you're always going to play a team that's tougher. You're always going to play a team that has one or two people that they don't care about hurting somebody. And unfortunately, in the game of football, ever since I played back in the 80s, it was like that. And it's going to continue to be like that. We see that in college football every day. We see that in pro football every day. They could come down and they could penalize them. They could kick them out. So you're done here and you're not going to play until halftime. But by then it's too but late. But that same kid's going to do it over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And and usually it's because they are they're, they're strong kids. You know, I see kids that, um, you know, for me as a lineman when I was in high school, I, my max bench press, I hit 410 once. And and I hear about kids doing it in high school all the time for linemen. Yeah. You know, the, the squat, I, I squatted 685. Now I hear kids pushing, you know, seven 800 pounds easily. Right. And, you know, I was an all-conference uh, CIC selection. Uh, so – I wasn't a, I wasn't looked as being a small kid, you know, for in the CIC, you know, this really hurts. I played against uh, Chris Street was a year younger than me. Mm-hmm. So I, as a senior, I tackled Chris Street as a junior and here this kid's six foot eight. Yeah. And the Indianola was, you know, they weren't even a, a really good team. My senior year, we were 0 and 9 and Indianola was 2 and 7 with a kid that went on to play basketball for Iowa mm-hmm. that probably equally could have played football and been yeah. a quarterback somewhere, yeah. as good as arm and as tall as he was. Right. So the competition, you know, th- th- there's quite a few kids that played in the era that I did that went to Iowa. You know, Matt Whitaker was a year older than me. Now he's he, he's working for the, the Trump administration mm-hmm. as a you know district or attorney. Right. You know, so there's a lot of – Back then, good names. Uh, there's a Wheeler kid, Custer kid out of Newton. All those kids went on to play, you know, Division One school. Right. My my senior graduating class in the CIC, there was 19 kids that went to play Division school, wow. Division One class football in the CIC. Wow. So, 
going on talk about the tiger live stream network a little bit um so i obviously started it and uh by a former head football coach coach shipley's request um and at first it was just me uh what got you into uh coming involved with it it was obviously for the better um i was never against it i was all for it when but uh what was one of the main reasons that you hopped on was it something to give you something else to do or what was kind of the main thing well i think for me i had two reasons number one is to uh, see my son succeed mm -hmm. and number two was when i started to do that for you i actually liked it yeah yeah <laughs> you, know, you know and it's no different than we see kids that their parents they they're successful basketball athletes and you know yourself you you love basketball you love football played all the way up until your eighth grade and then just made a decision that number one your height you just kind of stopped growing mm -hmm. right but then you started to recognize the talents of what your voice is and just as you pursued that as any good parent should do i didn't sit there and say you need to go play basketball you need to play football right. we uh, your mom and i as parents said man you could sing Mm -hmm. Well, keep singing. Right. Let's go do that. And, you know, this whole idea about live streaming, uh, most of the time I sit back and you look at me and you give me a, a dumb look because you've asked me a question. But as a parent, I sit there, I'm in awe of just listening to right, you. Right, right. And, you know, some of the things of, of being successful is this is just like if, well, let's throw out the example of, of Jamie Gibson and Chad Hole. They're, as parents, want their sons to ex excel in baseball. So they play in league ball. They play Iowa Sticks. Uh, those are all things to promote a good resume for those kids, for, for Jake and Jaden to be successful in college. So as a, a father or a parent, um, my thought process was, I like to tinker with gadgets, and I want to build a resume that's going to make you look like an all-star athlete right? And, and have opportunities to go into college and say that I did this. Mm -hmm. And the more that we can make the Tiger Sports Livestream Network look professional and sound professional and put the tools in front of you, to be a, a very good broadcaster. And I really, my firm belief is that someday you're going to be a very good broadcaster. <laughs> I hope so. You know, uh, <laughs> you know, with, and it's not because of your dad's just being your cheerleader, right? but you have shown uh, the whole town of Grinnell mm -hmm. what you can right. do. Yeah. And to go along with it, I just fell in love with it. Yeah. You know, it, it is it, fun. It, it is fun. You know, everything that you have an idea and this is how anything starts in the business world. All it has to do is have an idea and there's a way to make it work. Right. And you're the idea man. I sit sit find a way to make right. it work. And it that the way I've always thought of it, I always I still wanted to be out there. You know, after I stopped playing, I'm like, dang, I just wish I was out there. This is the closest I can get to being out there because I mean and it's if not better, because you know, I can't play football anymore. I mean, I could. I could go out there, but I won't be good at it. I won't be good at basketball. I won't be good at baseball. But, I mean, just being there and being in with the teams is a lot of fun. So, Well, I, I've learned so much 
in these last three years, I've learned from you right. the fact of storytelling. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because I could tell you what what they're doing or mm-hmm. what they're doing wrong. And, you know, our philosophy is not – we could, we say that's wrong, but my philosophy has always been from a coaching standpoint is – How do you improve? What was the right way that we can improve it? Right. And I, I don't even want to stand there and say this is what they should have done is they came off that – wrong we gotta fix that or i think that the coach is probably thinking about this and nine times out of ten that's how we usually see the correction you know from the football field press box or from the basketball sideline is and that change is made and i think it's all about strategy right you know you you have done such a great job of understanding the sport and understanding the history of the sport Mm -hmm. that together it makes the broadcasting slash input from a color man right. have so much flow. Yeah. And, you know, when you're gone, uh, I think you took off for the ESPN night, which was just incredible. Uh, as a step in to be the play-by-play man, that was ten times better than the first time they ever did it right. just because yeah. listening to you right. how you run things. So, so that's one of the – just to wrap up uh, – what are the goals going forward for the uh, TSLN uh, um, team? And then what's uh, obviously when I'm gone, because, I mean, I'm not going to be here forever. Uh, once I head off to college and officially are going to be over there working with them, uh, what's the game plan upcoming and what's kind of the look ahead for what's to come? As we built this into a business, uh, and it is a business, and uh, and hopefully, you know, you are learning what the another business side is right, before right. you go to college. Uh, even as you're in college, you know, to take advantage of the next year and a half that you're here, uh, when you're not doing stuff from Marston Community College, you know, hopefully we, you, will still come and do football games. Right. You know, still have you. I know what your school schedule is, so maybe you even have the luxury of, unless you're doing something with a basketball team or our baseball team still have that luxury, but you know, there has been enough positive things said about what we are doing. Right. And, you know, I would, it would be all in my mind as a new hobby for myself. Uh, you know, I, I, I made the announcement that I'm going to retire from the fire department. So that, that was a big decision. Uh, but that frees up a lot of time in my schedule to a spend with your mom, mm, right. uh, spend with you guys in the next years upcoming, but also maybe build upon this and and find you know Craig Seek helps out uh, during the basketball season, uh, build a, a partnership with him announcing, and you know not to burn everyone out, but maybe if we have another another dad that wants to step in that likes to either give color feedback. You know, I, I'm open for those options. I, I've already had a couple people say that they want to. Uh, but the thing is, is, you know, we're, we're just trying to do this to provide a positive broadcast for the Grinnell High School activities. And, you know, the one thing that I, I really love to do is what we're doing right now. You know, right. you and I could sit and we could talk all afternoon mm-hmm. about questions and answers. And it's more it's really not about you and I. It's very similar to when we sit down with Brandon 
last week. That's that's the emotion that really drives me. Right. You know, is is dive into what these coaches have going on, not only in their lives and on the the basketball court or football field, and bring some student athletes in and, and let everyone in this town of Grinnell know the great things that are going on right. at Grinnell High School. Right. So I, you know, is it going to be here? I would say as long as as I'm I'm moved in that direction, and we have sponsorship to do it, I would love to do it. And you you have four years of college you're going to, mm-hmm, right. you know, summer school coming back if you don't get some type of internship at the University of Iowa. You know, we got bas- baseball games going yeah. on, so softball, it, it might turn into your your new summer job. Yep. Well, we appreciate the the time coming in, uh, sitting down and talking. Um, Again, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, We're going to take a quick final commercial break with Polly Ice Pizza, then we'll come back and talk about the games that are coming up this week. Hey there, I'm Joey Polly third generation owner of Polly Ice and Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you... Everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pax Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave between Main and Broad Street. All right, thank you once again to Joey Polyeye and Polyeyes Pizza for sponsoring the Tiger Sports live stream network podcast and our broadcasting team. Taking a quick look at what's going on tomorrow night, we have uh, baseball and softball action at Fowler Field. Uh, Both varsity and JV for both teams are going to be taking on the Pella Dutch. We will be there tomorrow night to broadcast that game. On Tuesday, June 18th, the softball team heads to South Tama to take on the Trojans. On Wednesday, the boys' baseball team has a doubleheader against Oskaloosa, and the girls have a doubleheader against Oskaloosa as well. I believe we're doing that game, Oskaloosa. Uh, the Friday? Uh, I thought boys. Wednesday. We're doing the yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Uh, those the boys game. Uh, no games on Thursday, and then on Friday night we have uh baseball, boys baseball at Newton, and then the girls softball is here in Grinnell against Newton, and we're doing that baseball game or that softball game for the first time. And then on Saturday, there is a softball varsity tournament at Pella against Albia, Belle Plaine, Humboldt, Knoxville, PCM, Pella Christian, and Perry. So a lot of teams over there at that tournament. Grinnell heads out to West Branch to take on, obviously, West Branch. That's all JV, ninth grade. Everybody's headed to West Branch. It's going to be a good Saturday there. So good week of sports coming up. Uh, again, thanks to my dad for answering some questions today during the podcast. And uh Hopefully the rain stays out of the way for tomorrow night's game against Pella. We appreciate everyone listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream podcast episode number 9. Next week it will be crazy. We're already getting to number 10. So, again, appreciate everyone listening. I'm Blake Walker along with Dan Walker. And thank you for listening to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network podcast. And happy Father's Day. Hands. Ball jumper blocked. Nice job defensively by Eli. Up court to Jaden. Gibson fires across court back to Eli, goes up strong for two, and he got the layup to go. Well done on both ends of the court by Eli.